Welcome to the Crazy Heart of Art. My name is Francisca. Today we have Tara Abram with us. She is with One Million Meditators podcast, Juicy Living by Design, a mother, a Reiki practitioner, a mindset master, massage therapist, photographer, and many more things. Go to her website and check it out. We're going to put that at the bottom. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's such an honor. I am so excited. I got to meet you recently in the consciousness pods, which I find highly, highly recommendable for people. And we're going to put that info on the bottom as well, if they want to know more about it. And I'm going to get Tara to tell us a little bit about her and maybe explain the consciousness pods. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So I, as you mentioned, I'm a meditation teacher, a Reiki practitioner. I was a massage therapist many moons ago, but I definitely have always had a very creative side. I was in music and art theater as a child growing up, and those things were a very big part of my life. So then after I had my babies, I went back to school and took interior design and took photography, and it was really great kind of to branch back into that creativity. And then, so the consciousness pods is kind of a very interesting space. It's a co-creation space for awakened entrepreneurs where we get together and we work on our projects, our business, and it can be something that is creative, but basically we, we gather together on a Zoom call kind of similar to this, and we set our intentions for what we want to work on for the day. And we use meditation and mindset practices and tools, breathing tools to get ourselves into a more focused state, one where we can then enter into that kind of creative zone and that space and have more access to our divine connection. And I think that really opens up energetic space and opportunity for us to create, well, one, elevate like the consciousness and the, the energy of the people in the space, because the people that do come are working on projects that are helping humanity as a whole. They are providing a service that's helping people to grow, expand, be better versions of themselves. So I'm really excited. We're quite in, in the, the pre-launch phase now. We've been doing this for about a year and it's been just absolutely fantastic. So it's been great having you come and visit us there. Yeah, I was so excited about being invited. It's such an awesome opportunity. What I found when I was with you guys, you know, after we did a grounding meditation, and then just put the intention in there, like it's already done. I became very focused. And even, especially working, being an entrepreneur, working from home most of the time alone, taking care of my 91-year-old mom, it's so easy to get sidetracked. I was like, oh, I got to go downstairs. I need to let the dog out. And then, oh, maybe I should have coffee. And <laughs> I'm sure most people can relate. Suddenly, <gasps> my hour of actually getting something done is gone. And what I loved is I'm very lucky. I live in Toronto area. So for me, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. I would come up to my office and sit here two hours, literally focused on what I'm doing in the space of with other people. And I found also the accountability that comes with it. When I put it in the chat, and told you, I'm going to do my taxes, <laughs> you know, I hate doing my taxes, or I have a story that I do. I got a lot of things done. I absolutely love this. The question I had for you, what 
are the One Million Meditators all about? So One Million Meditators was actually founded by a very dear friend of mine, Anita Moro, and we have got ambassadors around the globe, some that speak different languages, but we come together quarterly or every three months for our global meditation events. And so we've actually got one coming up here in April and we're combining forces with a very interesting and special group of people. Come check out the page and learn more about it, but we'll be going for 72 hours straight. And we use the mantra and the intention of loving ourselves and the planet. And the more meditators that we get together in that time frame, just the more energy we have to raise that vibration and, and ripple out that, that mantra, that intention of loving ourselves and the planet. So it's a wonderful organization. We just hit the four-year mark this fall. And there, there's just so many good things to say about it. The people that have come to share their energy and to help others with their meditation practices, their experience, whether it's because a breathing technique, there's always something available and it's absolutely free. We have some of our ambassadors that do do weekly shows as well in meditation. So go check out onemillionmeditators.com and on the Facebook page and you can find all of that yummy goodness. That's, that's incredible. Wow. So you have all the people at the same time or different times throughout the day meditating well, for 72 hours? Yeah. So we have a different ambassador that will come on and guide us through a meditation. The One Million Meditators has three beautiful soundtracks that they have put together that often get played throughout the day, kind of keeping in that same harmonic resonance. And then, of course, the viewers can join into the broadcast. They can comment. They can be present and live while they're happening, or they can go ahead and watch the recording. But yeah, it will go consecutively from one ambassador to the next for 72 hours straight. So doesn't matter where you are in the world, what time of day it is, you can hop on and you'll be able to catch somebody facilitating a beautiful meditation. And this one's happening, I believe, on Earth Day. So that is really incredible. Wow. I can, I can just like, I can feel the power it must, like the power it creates when you have 1 million people meditating all around the world for 72 hours. As a meditation teacher, another question I had when we're talking about this, for those of us that are new and meditation is just like, I don't know, how do you sit on a chair still and stuff? What recommendations do you have, for example, to create an area in your house? Meditation ritual. Meditation, for me, when it came into my life, was a very interesting time. And my mentor said meditation finds you when it's meant to find you. And I really believe that. When I started dabbling a little bit more into it, I was kind of that nerdy phase of like, I've heard about meditation. I've heard about all the benefits of it. But I want to understand how it works. I want to understand how it works in my brain. I want to understand the science aspect. So that's initially why I wanted to dive in and start to learn, you know, take a certified training practice. But what I say to most people is start with something really simple. Start with, even if it's just a couple minutes a day, because absolutely there's so many people that it's hard to sit down. It's hard to get quiet, sit on a chair. It doesn't need to be that way. Meditation can come in many forms. 
And I like to use children as an example, because when we say to a child, sit down, go have a time out and be quiet. Usually they've got all this energy inside of them that they're trying to get out. So that when we suppress that, they're holding that within. So sometimes we need to do things like movement. Sometimes we need to do some really kind of heavy breathing just to get that energy flowing. But one simple thing that you can do is start with counting just one to four, one to 10, or use a simple mantra. And I'll give you an example. So how it's a meaningless mantra. So when you breathe in, you would say, so, and as you're exhaling, you would say, hum. And what that does, it just gives your mind a point of awareness or a point to focus on. So that when the monkey mind comes in and it starts to drift off and you catch yourself, you can come back to that mantra or come back to the counting. And I mean, they say when you should be able to sit, if we're talking children to start with, after the age of five, they should be able to sit, say, for six years old for six minutes, if they're 10 years old for 10 minutes. And once we hit about that 12-year mark, getting into a nice 20-minute meditation is attainable. But when we're just starting out, even as adults, we sometimes have to retrain ourselves to get back there. It's like going to the gym and being like, I'm going to go run and save for five miles and I haven't done it in a while. It might not work out so well. I might have to kind of ease back into that and build my muscles back up because the brain is a muscle and it, it works the same way. And we've gotten into this busy world where we, we go from one thing to the next, one thought to the next, and being able to take that time to sit down, take a deep breath, single deep breath can just do wonders starting there keeping starting it <laughs> starting there keeping it simple and, and so you know, would you use like very simple music how about walking meditation because i'm not somebody that sits very well in a chair and then it's like oh. but when i go out and as a wildlife photographer when i'm with my camera i am not in my head Okay, occasionally, oh, shoot, I forgot this set. And um, it's literally when I catch myself, occasionally I have to step back and then go, oh, I got to check the setting. I have to make myself present to actually check the settings on my camera because I am just somewhere else. I, I always feel like something magical happens when we get into nature. And we connect with Mother Earth and Gaia and being able to ground us and to, to, to create an overall different state of ease. So absolutely. Like for me, I used to be an avid runner. I still run, but not as much as I used to. And for me, that was very meditative. You would get into a really deep state and in nature. I found that for me to be very calming and walking they're very similar same thing when you are out in nature and you just it's really just getting yourself to be able to kind of quiet that monkey mind and allow yourself to really listen music is another great tool because it gives you something to allow your mind to focus on and of course you can incorporate some drumming or binaural beats or different brainwave frequencies and that will also kind of help you and kind of retrain your brain like even going to sleep at night putting on some some nice delta brainwave sounds, falling asleep to it can help you subconsciously reprogram your mind as well as the conscious aspect just to work that time frame back up. All we really need is a few minutes, but of course it is lovely. <laughs> it is so lovely <laughs> doing a nice meditation, a nice yoga nidra for a good 60 minutes. Oh, it's heavenly. <laughs> we have the saying among my friends, breathing is good. 
when your monkey mind takes over, when you're stressed, when you're like, oh, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. Just stop, breathe, take three deep breaths and then come back. Even if you are with somebody in a meeting, silence for two seconds or three seconds sometimes isn't a bad thing. It just gives you the time to take three deep breaths before you answer a question. When you are in a business meeting, for example, some are important that you can actually have very fast and easy ways to ground yourself. When you started really meditating, did you find that you got more answers for yourself? Listening? When I first started my meditation practice uh, or learning to, to facilitate meditation, there was actually a global event going on virtually uh, with Astrology Hub. And they were doing a two-week global meditation kind of event. So it was really interesting because I was kind of tied into both of those experiences because I was just really interested. I was interested to learn more about it and more about the, the practice itself. I'm sorry, can you re-ask the question? When you, lear- when you were learning how to meditate and you got really good to it, mm-hmm. did you find a big difference in your intuition, hearing directions? Yes, the more I started to practice it and sit with it. And then one of the next things that I did was I started joining in the local communities and I started going to the new and full meditations because I wanted to see for myself what the experience was like. And I noticed in a group setting that my intentions and the things that I wanted to manifest, maybe the answers that I was asking or seeking for, absolutely. Things happen so much faster, so much quicker. And I'm able now to definitely sit down and take a few deep breaths and I can get myself into a deep, pretty deep state of consciousness. Whereas in the beginning, I'd have to sit with it or I have to take some music. It would take me time to settle enough to get there. But, but don't be discouraged. It's just part of the process. And it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be the same thing for everybody. But you know, you had mentioned setting up spaces and that's something that I love to do as an designer, you know, both the consciousness pods, like creating spaces. And so I have an altar in my home where I've got my crystals and a crystal grid and I keep my Buddha and some I like to bring in all the elements of earth, air, fire, and water. I don't have fire going all the time. But keeping that energy is a place for me to go and to to keep my practice kind of in the same space. It doesn't mean I can't do it if I'm, you know, in the middle of the grocery store and I need a moment or something like that. My kids aren't little anymore, so I don't run into those experiences so much these days. It, It is nice when you have a space in your home that you've set up and it doesn't need to be very big, but you can come to it. When you're talking about setting up a space for the people that are new, what would you recommend? Do I have to go buy things or can I just grab some things in my house? You can make it however you want it to be. And I'm sure everybody has things in their home that they can currently use. I like to bring, like I say, I I look at the elements of earth, air, fire, and water. And then I like to bring in things that have a higher vibration energetically, Himalayan salt. Um, has a higher vibration to it, crystals. I make moon water, so I'll do that during the moon cycles and I'll keep that in my altar space. I might keep some oracle cards or some maybe mala beads, something like that as well. And then usually I have some palisandro or some sage that I'll also keep in there. And then 
depending depending that I like to bring in some fresh, you know, some fresh plants and flowers as well too, just to kind of keep the vibrational space up. So I have mine right in my room. So when I wake up every day, I see it. And I think for me, that kind of just inspires me to just start my day with my practice because it's right there. And I see it when I wake up, I don't have to go anywhere else to find it. But everybody finds what works for them. What works for me might not work for you, but it's the intention, the intentions there. And when you start to do the practice, give yourself like give yourself a good few weeks, give yourself a month. <laughs> I'm really, really intentionally trying it. Thank you so much for all this awesome in- insight. I know that you also do coaching with people one on one. And if people want to get in touch with you and learn more from you or have conversations, deeper conversations about meditating with you, where would they find you? So you can go to my website at juicylivingbydesign.com. You can email me at juice at juicylivingbydesign.com. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all over. You can always DM me there as well. That works too. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. We look forward to having lots more conversations with you in the future. Thank you so much for having me.